My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back to Conservative Daily, everybody. Uh, we've got an awesome show for you today. Uh, in a little while, we have an interview with Darren Gobb, Gaub, uh, make sure I say that right, of Restore Liberty. Uh, and he is an amazing man. We've had him on the show before, and every time that I get to meet him, it's always a pleasure. He spoke at an event last night, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Before we uh, get to that interview, I want to remind everyone that the, we do have the Moment of Truth Summit coming up this weekend. Uh, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to play that trailer before we head into the interview, but there's a lot that we have to talk about first. Um, so as we've all been, you know, now chastised, including by Mike Pence, of all people, of all people, Mike Pence is now upset at us for questioning the FBI. We need to stop attacking the FBI, uh, is quite literally the words of Mike Pence. Uh, so I'm going to put that up for you and you know, if you've been paying attention to history and to the world last couple of years, uh, you know what a traitor Mike Pence actually is. And uh, here are his words. And pause that. Uh, and he calls Republicans to stop attacking the FBI after the Mar-a-Lago, uh, after the raid, and it is a raid. Former Vice President Mike Pence former traitor president, traitor VP Mike Pence on Wednesday castigated Republicans for attacking the FBI after the agency searched Trump's residence in Florida. Uh, and he mentions that the Republican Party is the party of law and order, and therefore it's hypocritical. He says, and these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. Sorry, no. Absolutely not. Uh, number one, to call the Republican Party the party of law and order, maybe Donald Trump's Republican Party, uh, perhaps actual Republicans, but the establishment Republican Party is nothing more than the same bird, the other side, the other wing of the same bird, which is complete lawlessness, which is a communist fascistic government that is a bunch of rhinos disguising themselves, trying to play friends of the American people uh, to the counter point of their completely out in the open communist uh you know brethren in the democratic party the radical leftists not even true democrats uh but to call the fbi law and order that is so far off of uh any semblance of reality that it it, it just may it makes me want to cringe number one uh 
but you know, when talking about the FBI, I'm going to look at uh, some other news uh, that came out from this Monday. And so FBI rescues more than 200 trafficking victims, including 84 children, in Operation Cross Country. So this sounds like good news. Chris Ray released this memo uh, announcing the results of nationwide sex trafficking on Monday, August 15th. And uh, he has said that they have uh, identified and located 84 minor victims of child sex trafficking and child sexual, sexual exploitation offenses, located 37 actively missing children during a nationwide enforcement campaign dubbed Operation Cross Country. He says the Justice Department is committed to doing everything in our power to combat the insidious crimes of human trafficking that devastate survivors and their families, said Attorney General Merrick Garland, you know, another person that every American should be very fond of. I'm grateful to the dedicated professionals of the FBI and our law enforcement partners across the country for their tireless work to rescue trafficking survivors, included including exploited children, to investigate and prosecute the perpetrators of trafficking crimes and provide services and support uh, and support that survivors need and deserve. And he goes down and says, I'm going to read down further at the bottom here, uh, the success of Operation Cross Country reinforces what NCMEC sees every day. Children are being bought and sold for sex in communities across the country by traffickers, gangs, and even family members. Uh, this national operation highlights the need for all child service serving professionals con to continue the focus on well-being of youth and prevent them from being targeted. Uh, okay, so here's the problem. And if you haven't seen this, uh, Savannah Hernandez, uh, who you can find, she's on True Social, at Sav Says, that's S-A-V-S-A-Y-S, at Sav Says. Uh, she has this whistleblower interview which you can find on rumble the link to that is in the description and uh, i will actually put it up on screen so you can see the rumble link because i want you to watch this entire thing you need to watch this entire thing uh here's her thing she's on rumble uh at savannah hernandez that's s-a-v-a-n-a-h one n savannah hernandez it's called whistleblower exposes migrant children handed over to unvetted adults that title doesn't even really encompass how bad this is. And you talk about law and order. Uh, you talk about we need to do everything to protect children. And I'm prefacing this because in the interview we have with Darren coming up shortly, we talk about being life-affirming and, you know, acting in ways that affirm life and choosing to support those things that affirm life. And I can tell you right now that our federal government is not acting in the interest of life-affirming policies or in the interest of American lives or lives coming across the border. Uh, we've seen that in the COVID lockdowns, the mass vaccination campaigns, including now, uh, where was that link? Including the fact that despite 44% of pregnant women in the Pfizer trial losing their pregnancies... Let me put that up real quick, and then I'm going to get into some of these cuts. Uh, well, that's not coming in, right? Well, I'm going to read it. 44% of, women, of pregnant women in Pfizer trial lost their babies. FDI, FDA and CDC recommended jabs for expected mothers anyways. Why would they do that? You wonder, why would they do that? That doesn't sound life-affirming. Now we're seeing dozens, just in the last few weeks, of seemingly healthy adults, including almost eight or ten doctors in Canada, uh, who've dropped dead in 30s, 40s, healthy people. 
Uh, we've seen a few. Uh, there was a comedian, several sports players. They're just dropping dead. This is not coming out of left field. I'm going to read from this article, which is on AM Greatness. Out of 50 pregnant women, 22 of them lost their babies, according to analysis of the documents. Um, this is, again, going back to the, the release that they wanted to release these in stages. Uh, trial documents released in April revi- revealed that Pfizer had to hire 1,800 additional full-time employees in the first half of 2021 to deal with a large increase of adverse reactions to its COVID vaccine, which is the only vaccine because they changed the definition of a vaccine. Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine was made available under the EAU December 11, 2020 and February of 2021. The company was seeing so many safety signals, including in pregnant and breastfeeding mothers, that it had to hire immediately 600 employees to process the data. All right, so we're done, talk- we're done talking about that, but just a reminder. Now, let's get into this interview with uh, Hernanda, or I'm sorry, uh, Savannah Hernandez and the whistleblower from a company that is getting taxpayer dollars to traffic children and very likely also serve as a nexus for God knows who to come into this country unvetted. I'm going to play a few of these clips. You need to share this. You need to share this episode, and you need to share Savannah's uh, interview with this whistleblower. I'm going to start right from the top. This first one's a couple minutes long. Pay very close attention. Now, you might have heard the story of how illegal immigrants were flown to suburban New York in the middle of the night. Many of you might have the question, who's funding this and which company is doing that? Well, that company is called MVM Inc., and they're doing that with your taxpayer dollars. Now, today we have a very special guest. We have a whistleblower employee who's going to be talking to us about how this same company is shipping migrant children throughout the U.S. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, just to get started, for those of us in the audience who might not know what MVM Inc. is, can you explain to us what your company is and what they do? It's a company that focuses on getting, uh, they call it UCs, unaccompanied children, unaccompanied minors, getting them from point A to point B. And most of the time, point A is from a shelter uh, all, all throughout Texas and all across the country. And point B is with a sponsor. Most of the time it's a family member, but lately the numbers are so crazy that it's no longer family members, it's family friends, uh, people who are willing to take them in. And a lot of the times they don't even know each other. So my job is to show up. I get a view folder that tells me where I'm going, who's my partner, and where we're gonna be picking kids up and my job is to be with them on the airplanes, be with them on the buses. Sometimes it's buses and sometimes it's charter planes. When it's charter planes, we move anywhere between 200 to 300 kids on one plane. It won't just be one plane, it will be two, three planes at a time that leave. I do know that when we start off, we'll drop off in Texas. So we'll- All right, so I'm going to cut it there. Because uh, I have several more clips I want to get to. So, two, three hundred kids, and they leave with three planes. You're talking six hundred kids, close to a thousand kids per trip. And remember, this is all taxpayer funded. I'm going to play this next clip. Listen to here's the process that they have, and how these people get papers. And keep in mind, this is the same government that wants to take our guns and wants to regulate every single bit uh, of 
every part. They want to serialize everything. They want us to register. I mean, they, they don't even want us to have a water gun. You look at some of the laws out of New York. Thank God for the Supreme Court this year. Uh, but pay attention to the processes that I'm going to show you now. So in the morning, we will meet in the parking lot around 5 in the morning, a little bit beforehand. By the time we have the kids, you know, the buses, there are screens where we just pull them down and you can't see inside the bus. And normally the airports we go to, they're not big city airports. And normally it's uh, dead and there's just us and uh, there's no one else. And you actually provided us with some documentation here. Um, can you explain to us what this paper is? Um, you know, when do you receive this documentation? Um, what, what is this? So that document, we receive it from those who are hired to house the kids. Mm -hmm. And that's their way of saying, hey, we released the kid to you guys. We passed it on to you guys, the kid on to you guys. That's your guys' job to pass this, pa this paper onto the sponsor and this paper what it is it holds a form of social security number for the kids it holds uh, information regarding the child where they're going to live and this is also used as an id to go in, to register into schools wherever they're going a lot of times where when we arrive to where it is they're going the, the sponsor will say, hey, my sister was able to get a driver's license in L.A. They were able to get a driver's license in New York City with this paper. Do you have it? And that's the paper that they're talking about. Okay, so now you'd say, okay, well, it's a good, obviously, you know, these poor kids are coming over the border. Sure. The problem is this is being enabled because our administration, because our government is allowing this to occur and they are making it so easy they're giving them these breaks which you're going to see in a couple of the next clips but who are these kids number one uh and especially listen to this one short clip about when these kids come over here why would it, the government make it easier for them to get in if we don't actually know their actual identity a lot of the times the kids will tell us that they threw their papers away because they stand a better chance of coming into the country without the papers and uh, it's different stories, but that's the one we hear the most right now. And that ID is whatever information they gave them at the border. Okay, so that's alarming. So it's easier to get into the country if they say, oh, I lost my papers. And then, where, so what information then do they give so that they're let into the country? That you're essentially creating a system where you're just creating identities based on whatever these kids tell you. Who's telling them to give what information? Where do these kids end up? Now let's talk about, without getting too much into that, because it's important that you go watch the rest of this, this uh, interview. Uh, how about the people who are actually picking the kids up? These must be really concerned parents, right? So when we first started doing this, they were always family members. And a lot of the times now kids will say it or we find out ourselves that they're not related or in the beginning we can easily tell that it was the family because they would cry they would hug them but now it's no more crying no more hugging it's just hey i'm here to pick you up and that's it they don't they won't look at the kid they will be upset that they have to show up to the airport sometimes we're like hey we're only you're only 20 30 minutes away we're traveling with the kid all day and we're, we brought him far away for you. And they'll still say, hey, it's, he's taking time out of 
my day that I have to come get him. And it just, it's weird. It's very weird and sad and frustrating because you get to know the kid throughout the day. Okay, so how many red flags are going off for you guys yet? These people are irritated that they have to come and pick up their kid? Who, as you're going to see, is not their kid. But again, this is all taxpayer funded. And I'm going to get into, we're going to get into exactly how much money uh, the taxpayers are actually paying for. I'm going to say it right now before we go further into it. I'm going to say it again. For the government to traffic humans, to traffic children on your dime. Regarding the sponsors as well, like how are the children tied to these sponsors? Yes, so the children give the name to the, sh to the people at the shelters, and the shelters will reach out to this person, and then they, will, they, have, uh, they have their process that is very easy to, how can I say it? Uh, if, when they look into the person, if they see they're not related, they don't care. They'll prove it, and they send the kid off to this person. And the sponsor will tell us, oh, I'm not a family member, I'm not the kid's father, I'm not the kid's mother, I'm not blood-related, it's just a friend. And it makes you wonder, like, what do you mean, just a friend? Like, who are you? But we're not allowed to, to, to bring these things up as long as it's the person on the paper, as long as it's the person who shows up and gives you the proper doc documentation, then we leave the, the child. Okay, so it'd be one thing. Okay, so we know they're overwhelmed. Why are they overwhelmed? Because they're letting so many people over the border. Because this administration has fought with everything in their arsenal, and the media has supported them, these radical leftists, to allow all these people to come over the border, flooding the border. They're creating the perfect environment to flood our border. Uh, and it'd be one thing. Okay, sure. Uh, so, again, red flag. These people are not actually related to the children, but, oh... Well, I'm a relative, I'm a neighbor. Uh, that's one thing. It'd be good if, all right, they're giving them to the kids uh, who, <laughs> who actually have their name, their ID down, right? At least they, they're someone in the system, right? But it gets worse than that. There was this one time in San Antonio where it looked like it was a lady in her 30s, and she was accepting a boy that was 17, 16 years old. And then she was also accepting a boy that was not related to them, to to the other boy, but they they still somehow had the same sponsor. And you know, things run through your head and you're like, hey, if they're not related, how do they meet? And you know, a lot of the times we hear, oh, through Facebook, we I was talking to her through Facebook, through, through social media, and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, kind of creepy doesn't really describe it to me. So you have children who are meeting strangers through the internet, and then they're coming over the border, and they're telling them, oh, yeah, this person is my family. They're, they're not allowed to ask questions, these people who are, who are actually doing this. Paid for by your tax dollars. When I was a kid, I was told, don't talk to kid, people on the internet. Definitely don't go up and meet with them. And now we have our government allowing this kind of situation and overlooking it. When these kids are saying, yeah, I met them through Facebook. Oh, I met some, yeah, I don't know who they are. But, you know, they're, they're bringing me over here. Thank God I'm coming to America, right? Let's talk more about these companies. 
You said that you guys are so overwhelmed right now, overwhelmed to the point where MVM Inc. is mass hiring people and they're not being properly trained, which is leading to negligence when it comes to identifying these children and their sponsors properly. Can, can you talk to us about that? Uh, it's one of the emails that I showed you. It's an email where they're pinpointing that, hey, you guys are accepting stuff that was the IDs that were not approved. You are you guys are letting these kids go with people who are not on the list, who were not approved, and sometimes there are people who weren't are not even on any documents for the child. And it tends to happen where these sponsors will show up and they will say, uh, I'm here for the kid, but it's really the sister or a neighbor because the sponsor didn't feel like going. And these kids are being sent off with neighbors, with people who, who are nowhere near related to these kids. And it's just a mess right now. No, none of the rules that we're supposed to follow are being followed. And that's why that email, that notice went out saying, hey, you guys need to pick it up and you guys need to accept the proper documentation. I want to see the, say the biggest thing is what's going on right now is too many uh, border crossings, too many kids. And these companies will take all this money from taxpayer money in the millions, but they won't do the hiring process the right way. A lot of people get hired and their background hasn't even come in yet. They'll get emails a month or two months into the job saying, hey, you need to do your background. And it's crazy because, you know, it could be a child offender, it could be a bad person, and they have access to kids every day. And there's no proper vetting right now saying, hey, these kids are really related to this person. No, it could be a child offender, a sex offender wanting to to take one of these kids into the homes and the government will let it happen. And the government will let it happen. Again, on your dollar. So not only are they allowing these kids to meet up with people on the internet and then they're being instructed, yeah, just say they're your parents, but then the companies aren't even following the paperwork. They're giving these kids to, to people who aren't, even, uh, who aren't even on record. They're just handing these kids off to whoever shows up. And as you heard earlier... Half the time, they're irritated. These people c clearly don't care for these kids. Um, there's a couple more. And, and th guys, this is really, really, really awful. This is our country. This is the same government that wants to track everything that you do, that wants to give you a COVID passport, that wants to track and serialize every piece of your Second Amendment, any, any piece of weaponry. And, you know, silencers, now they want to uh, declassify, or they want to make uh, pistol braces illegal. They want to make you pay tax stamps to have a short-barreled rifle everywhere. This is the same government. They want to have that level of scrutiny for your Second Amendment rights. But then they're letting this happen, and Chris Ray has the nerve to say, oh, look, we rescued, we, we rescued uh, 87 uh, trafficking victims. They're sending thousands into the country every week. Thousands of them. And we're paying for it. Unbelievable. So now let's uh, let's talk one more time about how many kids are coming over the week, just to drive it home. They're all over the country, but in Texas is where it's most busy. We move anywhere between 2,000 and 5,000 kids a week. There's charter flights. 2,000 to 5,000 kids a week. There's smaller groups between... 30 to 40, 
workers who will take anywhere between 100 to 200 kids. And this is in El Paso, Pecos, Texas, and Cowan, Texas. This is life affirming. This is the, you know, taking care of the children. This is what the, the radical left stands by. If you, if you support these border policies and very simple things, which we easily could have paid for considering all the money that we just spent uh, sending to Ukraine and continue to spend, now they want to you know, do with this new climate deal, uh, you know, with this, this uh, Inflation Reduction Act. This is, this is what, how much money they'll spend for these things. This is what we're paying for, and we couldn't secure the border. This is what we're paying for because we couldn't secure the border. As they call this all evil because we didn't want to help all the migrants, they're trafficking children, and you're paying for it. And again, when did this start? Let's listen to the whistleblower. Who's paying them these thousands of dollars? The federal contractors that are receiving taxpayer money. And for MVM, uh, again, you had shown me this article that they had previously signed a federal contract for $136 million back in 2021. So that money coming from, again, the taxpayers is going towards funding these, these children throughout the U.S. Correct. Flights, food, uh, I want to say it ranges from two to 5000 to pay for a trip of two, two co-workers and two kids. But a lot of the times these groups are five kids, three co-workers, and it's multiple offices. Democratic Mayor Eric Adams of New York is upset because he's saying Republican governors, specifically Greg Abbott in Texas, are busing migrants to New York. Is it the Republican governors that are to blame for these buses of migrants, or is it you know companies like yours that are flying all of these migrants to New York? No, it's us. It's us. We've been doing it for uh, since Biden came into the administration, a little bit before that. And it's picked up way a lot when Biden came into office. And we, we, we tend to come to these places when it's less packed. You know, we have arrival times of 11 p.m. at night, 1 in the morning. Sometimes we get flown to a city nearby with a, where there's a smaller airport, and then we drive into the city. That way no one sees us. We'll drive in, in a bus, a charter bus, in vans and we try to avoid the public. All right, so why try to avoid the public? They show up middle, we, we reported on this last year. They show up, crack of dawn, they, they land 11 o'clock at night, one in the morning, and they purposely try to hide it from the public. You don't do that unless you have something to hide. And they clearly have something to hide because they're trafficking children, because they don't want you to know what's actually going on. They don't want you to see all these kids, just like they don't want you to see the the election fraud that happens to the machines and no one can see it, so this is this ethereal thing. If people saw all these children showing up everywhere and saw them being bussed everywhere, people would start asking questions, which is why some of the policies of Governor Abbott, some of the people that they mentioned that now uh, these radical left pieces of trash are upset about because they're shipping them to D.C. all of a sudden, so now all of a sudden they're public and they have to deal with them. They have to deal with the consequences. But you guys need to share this. And I'm, uh, I'm about out of time for this segment because I want to get to our interview with Darren. Uh, but again, we do have, our, uh, we do have the event uh, with Mike Lindell, the Moment of Truth Summit. So please uh, do make sure that uh, you tune into that. 
Joe and I will be there. We'll be running some stuff for, on site. Um, so th this is, is going to be a great event. Make sure that you tune in and please do support Mike Lindell. So go to uh, MyPillow.com. You can go to MyPillow.com forward slash CD21. That's Charlie Delta 21. Support Mike Lindell. Buy some pillows. Buy some slippers. Whatever you need. This man is all in in this fight. And we all need to be uh, to be behind him, to be with him. Uh, I know from firsthand experience with Mike how much he has sacrificed. And it's more than you can imagine. Uh, so please do support him. Choose to put your dollars behind those who are actually in this fight on your side. And it is up to us. This is such a huge issue. This is the consequence of stolen elections and of the voice of the American people not being heard, not being respected. So we need to end this. We need to end this now. You need to share this episode. Uh, the, uh, the interview with Darren coming up next is amazing as well. So share this everywhere and share the interview that Savannah Hernandez did. Again, uh, you can find her at Sav Says. That's S-A-V Says S-A-V-S-A-Y-S, and she's on Rumble as well, at Savannah Hernandez. Um, please share this interview. We need to fix our country now because we can't allow thousands of children every week to be trafficked or people who aren't even children, uh, which if you watch the entire interview, you'll hear about as well, uh, coming into these, uh, you know, coming through this network, who are most likely MS-13 gang members, traffickers themselves, we don't know. Um, but that's it, so... We're going to uh, go over to the interview with Darren now. Uh, God bless you all, and uh, we'll uh, enjoy the interview with Darren. Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you, IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you, and, and here's the thing, it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with 30-day money-back guarantees, like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. I am Ash Epp here with Apollo, and our guest today is Darren Gopp, the uh, founder of Restore Liberty. Incredible organization we're going to dig into. Thanks for being here today. Oh, happy to join you. Thanks for letting me come in. Yeah, so um, you spoke at, a, at an event in Colorado Springs last night. Uh, you are the co-founder of Restore Liberty, um, but you're not, as far as I can tell, out there on the Patriot Palooza circuit kind of doing the rounds. And, um, you know, that's not to say that Restore Liberty hasn't been incredibly effective, and we're going to get into that. But tell, uh, tell the audience a little bit about you and a little bit about what the focus, what your focus is in this movement. Okay, yeah, thanks. Um, well, first of all, of course, I'm, uh, I've been married for 28 years to my wonderful bride, Sonda, so that's that's very important to me. And I, I'm a Christian man, so I, my uh, place is, you know, I have to be reminding folks that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely my Savior, and I and uh, that's got to be number one. So everything else runs second second to that. But uh, I did retire in 2019 from the military after 28 years of service. And my goal was to be retired, stay retired. 
and uh, not to I, you know, I wanted to relax basically I wanted to get away from the, uh, the, the trials and tribulations of life and just sit back for a little bit and uh, that didn't work for very long it lasted about 10 days yeah. and uh, it's got, a long time yeah it, it, that, that was a long time for me frankly my wife knows me pretty well she's like I'm not surprised you ended up doing two or three things at once and that's just the way it's always been for me but um, uh, the re the uh, retired military life I, I, I did retire as a lieutenant colonel and then command at multiple levels throughout the army flew Blackhawks for most of that time uh, started out enlisted though in the infantry and worked at the White House and various things and learned all the wonderful things that you could see in in Washington DC but um, I guess all what I can say is a lot of that those skill sets a lot of those uh, things that I learned in the military are now being put to use again and I didn't anticipate that but uh, but here we are and this seems like uh, a story that we hear over and over again I know uh, Colonel Sean Smith retired from the military and then saw what was happening in the world around mm -hmm. him and, and, and couldn't stay retired and now he's back in the movement this is there's many uh, many retired military officers who are in the same boat uh, what what is restore Liberty uh, this organization that you founded what 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 is restore Liberty set up to do and uh, what are you guys focused on well, first of all, uh, Restore Liberty is exactly what you described before. We are an organization that has no desire to pursue the uh, the celebrity circus, the palooza, as you called it. Uh, we think that uh, we, the people, are all we need in this country to return the country where it's supposed to be. Uh, but it's always the question is, how do you do that? And uh, coming forward with solutions is a lot harder than coming forward with complaints. And my co-founder and I are both retired military. He's a retired Air Force Brigadier General. And we know that the military has a specific, specific and special relationship with the American population. And we thought we could bring that out in our own way. And uh, the leadership experience, the, the global experience we have with strategy as living around the world, both of us over the years, would be useful as well. But ultimately, we are forming a grassroots organization and coalition across multiple states in the United States to bring people together. First of all, I mentioned the word coalition. What we do is we don't, we don't want to be parents' rights and education, great organization. Now, here in Colorado Springs, just south of us, um, the STARS organization that's fighting the woke culture in the academies and the military in general, all of these national organizations have a specific function and purpose that's very specialized and very narrow in many ways. And we want to work alongside of them and not try to be them or take them over. Uh, we think that the conservative side of things, uh, there's a lot of folks that uh, want to start their own organization, want to run their own organization, but they don't want to be told what to do by anybody else. And so we end up all running different directions and we can't magnify our efforts. And that's, we find that to be very dangerous because uh, our opposition is going to let us do that. Well, in our our opposition is very top-down, right? They're very hierarchical. Right. They they have a, a command and control top-down structure. You know, it's it's very similar to what we did with USCIP, which was wholly focused on election integrity, mm -hmm. nonpartisan, unaffiliated. But we didn't set out to go and build 
teams of people everywhere. We wanted to connect with teams. We, we hypothesized that after the 2020 election, every conservative group, Republican group, was going to spin up an election mm -hmm. integrity committee, and we wanted to connect those efforts so we could benefit from our collective scale. Sounds like this is similar, only not only focused on election integrity, but focused yeah. more broadly on liberty. It, it is. And so when we talk to folks, we really want to do a few things. And some of it will be laid out as we go through the website and certain topics. But um, we want to emphasize and magnify the power of the, the, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments and remind folks that in this country that this, the structure is not federal government, state government, and the people. The structure is the people, then the states, and then the federal government. And this, the, uh, the states, by way of the people's voice, delegated powers to the federal government. And when you are the power that can delegate to somebody else, you can remove it as right. well. And, and that's the educational component of what we're doing is telling people, remember, you are in charge. This is not, you know, you begging the state government and you begging the federal government for things from them that you inherently have. This, the right to free speech, the right to worship, uh, the right to keep and, and bear arms. Those things are rights that you just inherently have that the government doesn't grant you. So they can't take it away from you. And our, the foundation of this nation is a Judeo-Christian foundation, and there is no debate on that that is honest. Right. And so when we say that God, it's a God-given right to each and every American citizen, it is not up to the government to take those away. But in the end, the only enforcement that can tell, well, that you, you can use to tell the government to get into its place is through the people enforcing the Constitution or that contract that we live under. If we don't enforce it, our government will continue to grow and our government will continue to try to reign over us rather than be our servants as what they're, as what they're supposed to be doing. And what, what I think is... Um profound in that statement is that the the Constitution is not a list of what government can do right it's a list of what government cannot do it is restrictions and limitations on the powers of the federal government and they've done all of it anyway we've been discussing in our in our conservative daily facts blast for the past couple of weeks violations to the Bill of Rights the the top ten amendments and they violated all of them every single one of them uh, I, I make an argument in today's facts blast about the Third Amendment and the right to privacy. Uh, it's the, you know, the, the, we're not asked to quarter soldiers, but do we really have uh, our, the, the right to privacy in our in our homes and the right to keep the government out of our home and our property? Talk about eminent domain and things like that. So, uh, we we our federal government and all government really in my in my mind yep. has gotten so it's a runaway train and it's gotten so big and out of control that it is up to us, as you're saying. Where the buck stops with us because we're the power that delegates, and so it is up to us to take it back. How do we do that? So I have one question, uh, or maybe two questions, and then I want to let you jump into that. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can stop me if this is we're going to touch this when we go through the website. And but you mentioned specifically, you know, military background. You know, there's several people, including Sean, yourself, and and a number of others that do have military background, and. You know, your group of, uh, of Americans, they're, because of that service, because of that experience, they are focused on solving problems. They are used to, and for the most part, have ingrained in them 
okay, I need to take action. I need to do those little things that, you know, I don't necessarily like, but are very, very important. And I'm going to speak broadly for a second about the last two years. We have unbelievable levels of corruption and tyranny and all these restrictions and this huge movement to steal from us everything that is the American way of life and everything that we're told we're supposed to have as Americans. And I'm going to speak for myself, maybe for you as well, that it seems and feels like we're pushing this huge boulder up a hill and that, you know, given everything that's going on and how urgent this really is, uh, when you know what they're actually doing, that there hasn't been more action than that that's actually occurred, that there hasn't been more people who have been unified and stayed focused on mission and you to use the term have all their muskets pointed in, in the same direction so in some ways i've seen uh i've seen you know civilians people who don't have military service jump in we talk about the mama bears and so what i, I kind of my question to you is given that we do have these people in the military who have this experience who have that that understanding and that drive to just get things done you know to take action and they focused on uh, on solutions and not not you know complaining about problems which is something that I think we've all seen uh, I don't see as many people who are retired military uh, are veterans or who are current military who are speaking up that reflects what I think we're actually seeing in this country so how do we bridge that gap between having those people who have that experience in leadership and problem solving and taking in all these, and I'll call them green, not to denigrate them at all, but all these, you know, just citizens who might not have that, but have this eagerness because they don't have the, you know, I guess implied understanding of a chain of command and of hierarchy, which I think is keeping some of these, you know, these mass number of, of veterans kind of in line. That, that's kind of what, what I'm, I'm looking to bridge is how do we break through the chain of command mindset, but then bring that experience over to the people who have that energy, but don't know how to, how to solve problems and don't know how to, how to work together in, uni in a uniform way to actually, you know, fight back against the most egregious uh, tyranny that we've ever seen in this country. And how do we do that now? Yeah. Thanks for the easy question. Yeah, right. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I would drop the mic, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, you may have to pay for it. Um, you know, that, that is a, a significant challenge across uh, all elements of this movement, uh, the conservative movement, the constitutional movement, however you seek to describe it, because uh, I, I talk to folks about how we, you know, herding constitutional cats is nearly impossible. I think everybody's seen the commercial, or, or they should by now. Uh, about trying to herd cats. I think it's a Budweiser commercial or something like that from a Super Bowl. Uh, but it's the, the impossible task. So you know, maybe we need to adjust our expectations to the point that we don't want all these animals to line up nose to tail, but maybe we should all run towards the same fence line at least. And learning to work together is, is difficult in an era where now, sometimes you find things out about people and organizations that you wish you knew up front. And once you find out those things about those organizations, you're like, no, I can't work with them anymore. They are not who they claim to be. They're not right. working towards the end they th ends that they say they're working towards. So from Restored Liberty's perspective, the number one thing that we have to do and what that I'm doing traveling around the country and that my co-founder is doing on the news is establishing trust. Because once you have people's trust then they're willing to follow. 
In the military, it's easy. You don't even have to have trust. You have to have rank and position, and then you get to force people to follow. That'll never work in this right. environment, and that's good. It's, and that's not a negative thing. Um, if we were in that kind of society, then you're in a militaristic society, and you just you end up right back where you started. Certainly not free. Certainly not free at all. No. And so, uh, my goal as a spokesman for this organization nationwide is to talk about trust. And once once you trust us as an organization and the people that are involved, you know that what we are fighting for is purely for liberty for every single American and nothing else, then we can start talking about our structure or, you know, fundraising, about how we do business specifically. But if you don't trust us, it doesn't matter what we're doing. We can have the greatest plan in the world and it'll go nowhere. And just if I could just jump in for a second there, that that applies to government as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was say ta- the I, FBI. Yeah, <laughs> I was now do the FBI. Uh, I was I was having a conversation about this last night about um, elections again, and the number one metric for elections is integrity and accuracy of the outcome. The mm-hmm. second metric for elections has to be public trust in that outcome, and we're in a place right now where more than half the country does not have you know trust public right. trust in in our election system and so it's it's incredible and and encouraging to hear uh you know retired military officers start an organization that is fo- focused on building up public trust and um and that I- that is something that our institutions should be desperate to restore public trust and it just doesn't seem like they care at all no they don't and um and it's clear through their actions. It doesn't matter what they say. But uh, I wrote an article recently called "The Rise of the Machines," and that the and it goes through a lot of different stuff about the election machines. But in the end, ultimately, my statement was that it's no longer up to us, the people, to prove to them, whoever they are, that there was fraud. It's now time for them to prove to us that there wasn't. Amen. And if you're going by doing so, they have to lay everything out, source codes. Uh, all the software, the hardware, the systems, the methods. If you are going to tell me that you had the most secure elections in American history, you have made a statement that you now have to prove. Yeah, back up Because your we pay for it. Yep. And if you're not willing to do that, then the people shouldn't trust you. And we know all the reasons why. Right. For sure. Uh, but to me, I'm making an assertion that... It is up to them now to prove to us that there wasn't. And that's just not going to happen without it being pried out of them. If, if, if where I come from, with you know, our, the military's ethics backgrounds and, and the things that we focus on re- regarding ethics and, and what's moral, if I'm going to make a claim like that, I'm going to be willing to lay out every single thing on a table and show it to you so I can prove it. And that's really the crux of the election integrity movement is, you know, you'll hear the left say, oh, there's been 68 or whatever the number is today lawsuits where, you know, it's all been thrown out. There's no evidence of fraud. We've never had a day in court. We've never been allowed to present the evidence of fraud in court. They've all of those cases have been dismissed on standing or on other procedural grounds um you know statute of limitations there was one here in colorado where you had to bring the claim within 35 days of the election yeah i mean unwinding (laughs) this massive uh cabal which they called it themselves a cabal uh of of ngos and and government operatives and all of the the different pieces and parts of this has taken almost two years to really understand what's going on and and that 
two years is with being obstructed every single step of the way. So there has never been, we've never been able to, allowed to lay out the evidence of uh, machine manipulation, machine and al algorithm manipulation of the, the mules and the, the mail-in ballot problems. We haven't been able to lay any of that out in front of a court. But the narrative, the mockingbirds are, oh, there's no evidence of fraud, safe, it's the most secure election in history, and all these cases have been thrown out. So I want to, here's a question for you, Darren, and this probably won't be an easy one, so I'll, I'll just yeah. let you know. I'm shocked. That's, that's on brand for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, the Apollo. Oh, to Apollo. Uh, you know, you mentioned military ethics, and uh, I want to specifically uh, use those words, you know, pry it away from them. So, you know, we talk about working the problem right now. Yeah, we've never been allowed to, to actually lay it out. They don't want to see the evidence. Right. There's mounds of evidence that would, in any sane person's mind, require and justify a full audit a forensic audit show us the code show us what's going on give us better explanations and ah uh, someone forgot to upload a drive or mm -hmm. oh like they they keep going to human error human error when we yeah. have mountains of things pointing to the fact that there's something else going on here we've talked about that at length i know that you're privy to a lot of it as well but every time that we say okay so what what are we going to have to do because they've now they raided the former and you know rightful president of the united states uh, of the united states they raided his house over nonsense meanwhile the biden laptop has been buried they still won't touch it i don't know how they're still keeping that dam from collapsing hillary clinton hasn't been touched and they even make fun of you and on social media they've raided the homes of of mothers and people who go to school boards um, like they are targeting Americans harder than ever and now the FBI and the Department of Justice after now the last two years of uh, you know imprisoning Americans for January 6 and all of these other instances faking uh, terrorist cells that they want to blame on Trump supporters anytime that we say okay so are, do we have to gather do we have to show up in mass and say either get out or do your job Anything that we do is going to be met with violence. So when we talk about prying it out of their hands, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. You know, without saying like, obviously we're not going to storm every voting system. And like they 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 say that we want to like you know get all the boogaloo boys and go down there and you know do all these unspeakable things. How 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 does that look from your perspective? Or I mean, talking about ethics and and specifically mm -hmm. morals. Well, we want to preserve human life. But we also need accountability, and it doesn't look like they're going to give it to us through the judicial system or through the courts. I mean, what are we left with? Another easy question. Yeah, you. exactly. Easy question. Yeah. Yeah. Easy question. And uh, fortunately, it's one that gets asked a lot. And I, I will say that, um, in my opinion, that, first of all, you know, the outlets that are coming across with media, the explosion of podcasts on the conservative side across this country, from local to national, whatever, is, is critical to this because if you live by Twitter, you die by Twitter. You know, mm -hmm. If you live by the Supreme Court, you die by the Supreme Court. So that's all your eggs in one basket. You just can't, we can't do that. We just cannot keep doing that. So this internet and this technology that's been used against us has to be used to our advantage as well. Mm -hmm. And so I will talk to any group, to any podcast, any organization in general around the country, and it doesn't matter what size it is. Because if if you're going to stop a dam from leaking and it's going to be leaking in multiple spots, it's a lot harder to stop that than it is to stop in one place. Right. So that's the first thing is 
You just get out there, be in the environment, be educational, be informative, and show people who you really are. Second is, assume the media, like you described, is going to work against you and spin some sort of story, and, and don't worry about it. Right. You know what's going to happen. When I'm a GOP chairman for Lewis and Clark County, Montana, and we, we signed off on a resolution saying that Biden was illegitimate, and our local yes. paper and other things came after us, and everybody's like, what do we do? I said, you don't do anything. You expected it. Right. Don't worry about it. Uh, you just got press. Right. <laughs> so be it. People know about it, and I think people in the county are going to realize that uh, for our small world of Lewis and Clark County, that the, uh, the, the leadership has changed, the courage has changed, and uh, we're not afraid to call things out. You know, so, I, so don't worry about the press. I, I think what you're describing, there's been, I think, a hardening of, of everyone's mentality, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but mm -hmm. as this has gone on, I think people have started to realize that we cannot let them define the game because that's what we've been doing for now two years at least. I mean, right. I just, we'll just talk about since, you know, the, uh, the beginning of COVID. 120 going up the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we've been allowing them to define the game and they start hitting all these media pieces and everyone, their instinct has been to go into defense mode. Right. And I think that we're finally seeing that trend stop because, you know, number one, they realize it really doesn't matter at the end of the day, we have everything to lose. These are, you know, drops in the bucket. Like we we're, we've been worrying about deck, deck chairs on the Titanic up until now. And so I think people are finally starting to, to see the, actual uh mm -hmm. the end goal here uh but can, if i can yeah because one of the one of the things that i guess that you started alluding to too is that there's a point in all of this where you have to accept the fact that no matter what we do we could end up losing as a nation mm -hmm. sacrifice yeah um and nobody wants to see that happen i mean why are these people fighting against freedom and liberty for all in this country well, they're authoritarian. They're, they're authoritarian. They think they're going to be part of the ruling class right. when often they're just, or rather than being the kings and the rooks and the knights on the on the chess table, they're they're either the the paint on the square or even <laughs> less than that, uh, and they're going to find themselves wishing they hadn't taken part in all of this. But the the logical conclusion of where you're going with that question is you you reach a point where there is no other recourse through legislatures through the justice departments of any kind or a courtroom of any kind and I can't I don't nobody can paint what that looks like beyond that point for us as a nation and us as a population but the beauty about having people like myself and other veterans involved at multiple levels is we have seen what that kind of conflict looks like and it doesn't matter whether you're a good person bad person or somewhere in between everybody suffers when things go towards violence in some capacity yeah. and we are the last people that will ever advocate for something like that because we've seen it destroy entire nations and then we've seen the people who suffer under that consequence and we are going to do everything we possibly can to avoid it well and if i if i could just say violence is what they want I, I've I've speculated since before, you know, when COVID was starting, and then you know the the summer of BLM happened, the summer of love, summer of peace and love, where they burned down the nation happened. Uh, they they want us to respond in violence because that allows them to bring in more authoritarian solutions right. to squash the violence. I think it is the hand of God that has kept the American people from going to arms, from you know doing more. Uh, 
outwardly uh, violent violent behavior towards the government. Mm-hmm. It, it because it's like you're being poked, right? It's like the right. kid. You're not. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching right. you. And eventually, you're going to get socked in the face, right? Right. Uh, that to me is that that's their goal. We don't give these people what they want. And I hate violence. I don't want any of it. You and I were having this conversation at lunch yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who's calling to for Americans to go to arms has never seen it. Right. Has never seen what that looks like, what a civil war looks like, what actual violence in the streets looks like. I wasn't in the military, but I have traveled all over the world. I've seen um, all all sorts of uh, of um, outcomes of violent revolutions and and what that does. And and then what comes in in the aftermath of it. Right. That's what they want. They want us to become un, uh, you know, uh, to, to become violent and in the streets so that they can bring in their their new world order. It's similar to, you know, people talking about defunding the FBI and we are abolishing, right? Abolish the FBI. Well, what are they going to put in its place? That's yeah. the questions that we have to be asking because their goal is to tear down our system and replace it with their new world order. And so we shouldn't be helping them out by right. by playing into their hands. We fight with the pen. We fight with our voices. We fight with our constitutional rights. Our, our, our First Amendment right, the freedom to speak, the freedom to assemble, the freedom to uh, engage in religious activity, the, the, the freedom to speak the truth and to not live by the lie, to not participate in the lie and to be bold is, is that's who Americans are. And it's it really says something to me that we see uprisings with farmers happening in the Netherlands. We've seen the the violence that's happened in France as they've taken over government buildings. Uh, uh, what was the other Malawi uh, where mm. where they had a, a an overthrow? We see this happening. We're the nation with all the guns, right? We're the nation with largest uh, unofficial army in on the face of the earth is the American gun owner. And we have not gone to violence. We haven't gone to violence so bad that to bring about their agenda, they have to make it up like they did in the in the Whitmer kidna- kidnapping case right. and, in, mm-hmm. and in this January 6th where the FBI committed an insurrection and blamed it on the American people. They have to make it up because the American people haven't gone there and they keep pushing us to go there and we cannot. Well, I think what you're describing, too, what both of you just described, uh, which is why I think it's so important and it's it's so beautiful to see this revival of Christian values and people turning to faith and choosing uh, to be centered in that is, you know, when you talk about they want us to go to violence, they absolutely do. This is their playbook, you know, for all of time. That from order comes chaos. They want that. This is the same thing they did in 9-11. It's the same thing they did with COVID. They get to play with the rules and ship things around when they create chaos. And then they create they create confusion. So they have chaos in the mind, chaos on the streets. They did it with George Floyd. And they get to shuffle the deck around, you know, and play the, the you know, cup game, whatever. But the drive away from chaos is is life and that is only created through god that that's the only thing the only force which is a force that we are imbued with here on this earth which is to create order which is harmonious with you know the rest of us they want chaos they want us to go to violence because they want us to go into that state of chaos which is you know the world view that they want to push on our kids they want to push on all of us that there is no god that everything is chaos everything is random and meanwhile, they try to create, you know, this metaverse and all this 
technology, they want to replicate the glory of God yeah. in, to create life and to create things that are somehow self-sustaining. And really, the, the answer is just us. It is us choosing, no, we will not go along with your chaos. There is always chaos in this earth, but the counterbalance to that is the life that God put here, and we are part of that. We are the ones who can create a society. We can build things. We can you know, teach each other and grow more compassionate and, and innovate in ways that do not just create chaos, that do not destroy things, just as plants can you know, grow out of the soil and then nourish us. We are just an extension of that. So just by realizing that and that revival that has been happening, I think that is the reason that we have not gone to violence, that we have not succumbed as so many other nations have. Because there are so many of us who even unconsciously, without realizing it, say no, you know, we, we just recognize that spark, even if, if it's below our awareness, that we are the ones who are here to create, uh, to create order that is in alignment with, you know, with our Lord and Savior, not with, you know, the New World Order, which is just a perversion and an inversion of everything that, you know, this nation has stood for. Uh, you said some key things there that you know, we love to talk about with Restore Liberty. And first of all, that everything that is happening now is about life. Mm. And the, the Roe v. Wade, this is about life. It's uh, what are they coming after? They're coming about all those, after all those things that are life-affirming or life-sustaining yeah. in, in order to create an environment where we get pushed into a box where we, we can't operate like we normally would within the society that uh, has grown up around us. And I think that's critical. That's, and one of the things that we talk about within Restore Liberty also is the rebuilding of a community. One of the best ways to make sure that you're not subject to an overreaching federal government, state government, or whatever it may be, is to be able to be a self-sustaining community of your own. And whatever that looks like where you live. Uh, I've seen tribal societies around the world, and what happens is they lose the, the central government. And let's just say I'll use Afghanistan because it's the place I lived for four years. I know it best when it comes to this. Is when you don't have a government of any kind, then things get really, really, really mm. small and really, really tight. And that, to us, is how you could also build a foundation in this country back up to where we can be a a proper United States again under a government operating within the authorities we granted is to take away its power over us. And its only real power over us is in those things that are life-affirming. And, well, and that's just one of our perspectives. And I, and I think that is critical what Apollo said about you know, reminding people that this is about the preservation of life. Compare the French, sorry, sorry. Uh, compare the French Revolution to the American Revolution right. and its means and its tactics and, and how it got to where it was. And you can see the difference between basically an, an atheistic society not right. grounded in any kind of life of affirmation and, and morals in a society that although the revolution was violent here the end result was significantly different and the means by which we got there was and huge. and it's i mean i think mm -hmm. it goes along with why john adams said that the american u.s constitution is only fit for an upright and moral population mm -hmm. it's 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 unsuited for any other and you see that in the french revolution because it was about vengeance it was uh you know it was about power it was it was um very bloody and you know our revolution was was bloody as well but it wasn't it, it, it was fundamentally about liberty. It was fundamentally about we have natural and alienable rights and you can't touch those. And, you know, start w whether it was the Stamp Act or, or uh, you know, mo moving on throughout what led up to it becoming 
bloody. We're in a very similar season, I think, in this country where we have uh, repeated grievances, where the the request and petition for redress of those grievances is completely ignored by the people in power. And they just keep expanding and expanding and expanding their power to now we're at the point where the government can tell you what you can eat, what kinds of medicines you have to take, when you can leave your house. This is not American liberty. And, you know, that's why I think organizations like Restore Liberty are so important. Mr. Producer, could you please pull up the website? Um, I want to talk just a, a little bit. We are running out of time. And then I want, uh, we always pray at the end of each show, and I'd ask for you to pray today if, if you'd absolutely. be good with that. Thank you. Um, but looking at the, the left-hand navigator on here, you can see who, who we are. But there's a couple of things on here that I think are are pretty cool. Uh, affirm your oath to America. Mr. Producer, if you could click on that one. Take us through this and this, and we'll talk about consent declaration as well. What What is the goal here? How can people get involved? Well, first of all, I think it's the reason why we put this up here was we wanted to have a veterans rally thing. And, and of course, anybody could have come. <laughs> we weren't exactly checking papers uh, in DC. Uh, and that ended up falling through for a variety of reasons. They definitely did not want us doing this. And uh, that, I'm sure that's not a surprise to you. But um, not only do we want veterans and anybody else who thinks that it's important that we have an oath to, to defend the Constitution and the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, but what's more important is that somebody read it. Because if you've never been in the military and you've never taken an oath in that manner, whether it be public service, military, first responders, sheriffs, it doesn't really matter. Reading it and being very intentional about understanding what it says is the majority of the battle. And it says there, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's first and foremost. Okay, I would never take an oath to be uh, a, of allegiance to a person. Right. Uh, and I would expect nobody to ever take an oath of allegiance to another person of any kind. It doesn't matter who that person is, whether that whether they're heroic or you know, Joe Biden and the Biden crime syndicate or whatever you want to call it. Um, people need to know that the military's oath is to the Constitution, not to any person. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's an oath to the principle. Uh, and then why did they put in there against all enemies, foreign and domestic? What does it mean to have the, the word domestic in there? And what does that look like? Congress. It could, I, I, you know, in their actions <laughs> in only. In 2022, it looks like Congress and, it, the, yeah. and Scrotus. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I'm not, I'm certainly not painting a road in front of that idea, like this is what you need to do. Uh, but, it, you know, the founding fathers, of course, were the, they're human like the rest of us. They were fallible, they, 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 made, they were sinful, and they made mistakes. But they were also very intentionally, in the numbers of people that wrote these documents, and things like the oath that came out of those. It's when a word is in there, it's in there for a reason. And uh, it's a different kind of, of combat right now, I would say, because we've been under attack for yeah. a long time, I mean, frankly, decades. But uh, what does it look like to fight back? And how does the military and as veterans, or how do other people 
recognize the uh, the enemy as being domestic and then fight back against that. That goes back to that greater question that we've already talked about. Well, and so, I mean, since we're talking about the oath and we're, you know, talking specifically about domestic enemies, this is something that we've been talking about in the Conservative Daily Facts Blast for, uh, you know, a week and a half now, specifically going through right by right and what are the what are the grievances that we have. But what is a domestic enemy? Well, when we think about, um, you know, I said Congress and I said it in jest. I don't think everybody in Congress is a domestic enemy. I I think most of them are, though. And here's why. Because they put their hand on a Bible and they swear an oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, true faith and allegiance to the same, and that they take the obligation freely without many, any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. When you swear an oath to the Constitution, you are swearing an oath to protect and defend the Bill of Rights as well as the rest of the amendments to the Constitution. If you then enact speech codes and write bills to try and disarm the American people and put put uh, policies and, and, and entities and agencies in place to destroy their privacy, to be able to infringe upon their, their rights uh, straight through the Constitution, you are not upholding your oath. You are not protecting and defending the Constitution. You are, in fact, you have become an enemy of mm -hmm. the Constitution. And that is something that, you know, it'll get me in trouble for saying, right? I'll be, you know, oh, they, she wants to call people to violence. No, I abhor violence. I've always been anti-violence. I've said repeatedly that I don't want people to come to violence, but I'm also not going to stand by while this 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 cabal of people take the will of the American people and where my children, I have three children, my children are going to have, uh, you know, to, to grow up in, in tyranny. And we're already there. The world looks radically different today than it did when I was a child as, uh, you know, in, in, in the environment that we grew up in, what we were taught in school, um, all, of, all of those kinds of things, radically different. And there has to be an adult in the room. There has to be somebody that says, hey, wait a second, this isn't the U.S. Constitution anymore. You guys have gone way too far. And, you know, apparently that has to be us. Um, so we are just about out of time. I'm going to ask you to tell people where you can find them, and then I'm going to ask you to pray. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are at uh, restore-liberty.org, and uh, ultimately we're around the country from Pennsylvania to Southern California and Hawaii to Florida and up to, uh, up to Washington State with lots of, of awesome people that uh, work with us within the organization. So yeah, if, if you're curious about more, check us out at restore-liberty.org. If you like what you see and you want to help support us financially, we both we have both a uh, uh, two kinds of nonprofits on there. Both one's tax deductible, one's not. So we'll take any support we can get, and we're going to use it to good effect. This is not a desire to make a living; it's to help preserve a life. Again, and we think that's important. So take a look at us there. Send us a note, and I'll get you to a state director if you're interested in. Um, learning more about us, but please take a look throughout the rest of the website. Everybody I've talked to who have who have spent a long time reading through it have absolutely loved it and wanted to get involved. And we found some awesome people through that. Awesome, so, uh, Apollo, myself any? included. By yeah. the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> any final words, Apollo, before we pray? Uh, Darren, I just want to uh, thank you for joining us, and it, uh, it, you know, I've heard. Several of your interviews, I've ran a few of them, but it, you know you have an amazing spirit, and I just I want to uh, applaud the you know commitment and just the calm that you have, you know, especially in these times because it is, I mean, it's it's exhausting. It really is. Mm -hmm. A lot of this is exhausting. How long this has gone on, and so I just I thank you for 
the combination of, of that, you know, military drive and that focus, but also the peace that you, that you bring with you, because I think that's so important, especially when we just had this conversation about, you know, moving in a life-affirming way and uh, what our allegiance actually is to. Uh, so I just, I thank you immensely. And, uh, you know, I, please let us know however we can support you because this is, uh, you know, we're down to the wire and we're, we're all very blessed to have people like you on our side. Well, I'll return the uh, statements to both of you. Yeah, I'll leave it at that due to time, but uh, you're already helping. Awesome. Well, every day on this show, we close in prayer and uh, honored to have you pray with us today. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, Father, first and foremost, we thank you that uh, you've given us your word, and your word at the end lets us all know that you're in charge, that an ultimate victory and ultimate liberty are in you. And everything else that we're doing is to lean towards that and to lean on you. We, we know, Father, that those of us who are fighting for this nation are so few. But we know, Father, that as a result of that, when we achieve that victory, whatever that victory looks like, that we can only give you credit and magnify your glory as a result and not magnify ourselves. Father, we thank you for the grace and the mercy that each of us does not deserve, but that you dispense willingly anyways. And let us be the kind of... Uh, people that are willing to stand in front of a population that could be throwing things at us, uh, verbal insults, or and, and you name it, that regardless that if they come to you at some day in the future that we are there with the same grace, the same mercy, and the same willingness to forgive and move forward as a nation because what is happening to this nation is the result of division and you are the great unifier. And we know that if we can become unified, that we can become that nation on uh, that has lit a beacon to the world again for liberty and freedom, and that we can continue to spread your gospel, not only among our own people, but around the world, for we are all fearfully and wonderfully made by you to worship you. And every single one of us, Father, is, has our sins. And we ask you that uh, you would forgive us those. We ask, Father, for those who do not know you to come to know you. Yes. Because we talk about God, family, and country. And if we have you, our relationship with you right, then our relationships and our families will get better. If our family, the foundation of our country, if our family is right, then our country will follow along behind. And we ask, Father, that we lean on you and your understanding and not on our own. And we pray for this nation and we pray for this world, Father, because we are part of a world that you created and that we do all things in obedience to you and to your will. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, and thanks again for being here today. Thank you to the audience for watching, and we will see you again soon. God bless. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at Brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, 
and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.